Hello? Barrister, I just received a warrant of arrest for my vessel and many court documents. What should I do? Welcome to FC Pod, the podcast where legal professionals discuss matters regarding international transportation, corporate and commercial law, trade matters, and much more. It is brought to you by Foundation Chambers, the preferred provider of legal services in international transportation and energy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered as legal advice on any subject matter. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a great time. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening from on the face of planet Earth. I'm sure one of these greetings would suffice. Welcome to another episode of FC Pods. As usual, we thank you for your feedback, your likes, your shares, your comments, all of it. In the last episode, we spoke with Juliana Okeke on the Bill of Lading. We explored the essential features of the Bill of Lading, some issues critical to pursuing cargo claims in Nigeria, and the concept of electronic Bill of Lading. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Tolulokwe Adebayo, a senior counsel in the Multimodalism, Commercial and Corporate Practice Group of the firm Foundation Chambers. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Hi Tolu, welcome to FC Pods. Thank you, Miriam. It's so good to have you here though. I'm happy to be here too. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Tell me, I have successfully, successfully convinced you to be on this podcast with me. I feel like a winner right now. Well, you are. <laughs> you really are. But well, it's good to be here still. I'm glad, I'm glad. So please tell us more about yourself. Tell us who is Tolu. Okay, my name is Tolu Lokwe Adebayo. I'm a legal practitioner. I finished from Obafemi Awolowo University, went to law school, graduated, and um, I've been practicing law since my graduation. I'm married with kids, and I enjoy practicing law, actually. Exciting! Okay, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. You know, as usual, on the podcast, we start off with something a bit calm, relaxed, and then we go into the meat of the matter. How did you end up being a lawyer? You know, how did you end up here with us? Or how did how did we end up here with you? <laughs> okay, um, good question. I Law was not my dream course. I always say, some people will say, I came here, it was, I got my dream course. I wanted to do journalism, but my parents, of course, they happened they have their beliefs that uh, journalism isn't for very moral people you don't have money a lot so the next best thing was law and i went for it honestly i'm on that journalism whatsapp group with you as well i wanted to be a journalist as well you know when one day one of my uncles called me and he said do you want to be poor in life i said uncle what do you mean do you want to be broke said journalists are broke now don't 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 do journalism go and be a lawyer and that's how I can't say that I chose money, but I can't say that that did not influence my decisions. Yeah, I think older generations have some issues with journalism yeah. that I would never understand. Though I'm not sure if my kid had the option of studying law and journalism or allow journalism. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I agree with you, though, in the sense that, um, you know, the legal profession comes off as more noble. It really truly is, you know, noble profession, so to speak. On today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we will be exploring 
the company's voluntary agreement cva and its role in insolvency in the context of the companies and allies matters act karma 2020 essentially today we would explore what the cva is about the requirements and the procedure under karma 2020 the key pros and cons of this agreement and we would call it a day all right if you're ready grab your pens grab your papers and let's get on the companies and allied matters act karma 2020 is the regulatory guide for corporate practice in Nigeria. Now, diving into our podcast today, Kama has some provisions governing corporate insolvency practice in Nigeria. This revolves around methods and processes used to manage companies in a state of insolvency or debt. And one of the methods of insolvency practice introduced by Kama 2020 is the company voluntary agreement. Tolu, please run us through what were the general methods of insolvency practice before Kama 2020. Okay, thank you so much, Miriam. I usually would like to start from the rudiments. What exactly, how did we get to insolvency? Because I understand that most people lose interest in anything corporate practice when they don't understand how we got to where we are. So this is the concept. So there's a business idea. Someone gets a business idea, registers the company, and um, starts to engage in business. So in company law, we are told that a company after registration becomes a legal personality different from the proponents, whoever proposed to create the company. And at some point, because a company has its own mind, it has its own character, everything different from whoever the proponent is, it has the ability to also source for funding, for expansion, for continuity and all. So a company can decide to bring in investors into its business or bring in creditors. For example, it approaches a bank and it gets a loan. Whoever um, invests in a company or whoever funds a company in one way or the other has become the creditor and the company has become a debtor until the money is repaid. So if the company is able to pay back, then how well and good. However, insolvency comes in where that company is unable to meet its obligations to repay because it's generally not liquid and it has no capacity to be able to repay. What Kama before 2020 resorts to is liquidation. You wind up the company. You're no longer a going concern. You can no longer deal with your indebtedness. So we sell all your assets and we distribute to your creditor and the company dies. So that's essentially the system under Kama 1990, which people will say is creditor focused. So in insolvency parlance, you say that Kama 20, prior to Kama 2020, um, the framework in Nigeria is creditor focused. But in Kama 2020, there are new innovations that are focused on not just recovering um, the indebtedness, it's focused on uh, recovering the business, ensuring that the business doesn't die in the process of repayment well that's very interesting knowing that the previous karma was creditor focused pro creditor and 2020 karma is considering debtors i mean maybe not debtor focused but provides new innovations to cover protect and assist business debtors so to learn us through what is this interesting new innovation about the cva the company voluntary arrangement what is that about and how does it protect creditors and debtors cva companies voluntary arrangements 
it's a mechanism that a distressed company engages in to save its business as well as repay its indebtedness. Essentially, in plain terms, a repayment plan sets out and given to the creditors to see if they can run by it. So a company that is in distress proposes that this is how I'm going to repay you. I'm going to spread it out over a period of time. I'm going to sell this assets. I'm going to pull this together. So it's just a repayment plan, a proposal to the creditors. But the essential thing is, is governed by the act. There are procedures and there are recommendations on that camera for it to continue. Right. Let's delve into the requirements what are the requirements where does a company have to be before they consider a cv and what procedures does karma set out as well you know that a company has to comply with before or in the process of enacting or you know adopting or creating a company voluntary arrangement so a company that is going to engage in cva is one who is first distressed unable to pay but is willing to continue business. So what Kama says is the director of that company could come up with a proposal, more like a commercial agreement that states the obligations of the company as the, as the debtor and um, sets out how exactly the, the company proposes to repay those monies. The second thing is that upon um, putting together that proposal, the company is meant to appoint a nominee. The nominee is the one that implements the content of the proposal so the directors are not the ones that will implement or enforce whatever is in the proposal a nominee is someone under camera nominee is supposed to be an insolvency practitioner an insolvency practitioner is uh, a member of nba member of brypan a member of um, ican or ixan that has been accredited by cac to act as an insolvency practitioner. There are requirements um, in the insolvency regulation of 2022. So once a nominee is appointed, the nominee request for the statement of affairs of the company is also furnished with a copy of the proposal. The nominee is supposed to look through and give a report as to whether it's, it's going to be a successful one. Like if the nominee thinks that the proposal is viable, then the nominee can do a report to the court and say, Let's have a meeting of the creditors and um, the shareholders. So let's inform the creditors. It is at that meeting that the information is passed across. And then the creditors and the shareholders meeting will vote as to whether the proposal should be adopted or not. Once it's adopted, then the nominee is referred to as supervisor. So the nominee now supervises implementation of the proposal. There are a lot of things in between which I'm not um, expanding on, but then essentially that's the procedure. I think for me, what I find interesting about the CVA is how much of a private agreement it is. You know, there isn't a compulsion to publish in a gazette, in a newspaper, you know, things like that. You could, it's literally just an agreement between the creditors and the debtors. What are the key advantages or pros of the CVA? as opposed to the traditional means of winding up or alternative. Okay, so the key <laughs> advantage is in the whole process itself. The essential thing is that there is no option for liquidation on the table while CVA is being considered. Although CVA could lead to us when, you know, uh, it's not working out. There could be liquidation at the end if the nominee thinks it's, it won't work out. But for CVA, 
you're not liquidating. It is strictly repaying and continuing with your business. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, like we mentioned, it's a private process. You're not expected to publish whatever you're doing in the gazette. You're just talking to the creditor. So it essentially protects the reputation of the company and people still want to do business with you if that doesn't go out. Another thing is the fact that the rights of a secured creditor are protected. So while you're making the arrangement, you're not allowed to touch any asset that is used as security for an indebtedness that is specified, it is fixed and also it's an advantage, unlike liquidation. It also means that an unsecured creditor is an important person, it's an important creditor. It's essentially for unsecured creditors, meaning you're actually planning something around people whose indebtedness are not secured. Unlike liquidation, there are priorities. They might end up not getting anything. But here, there's an arrangement for them. And so it's more positive that their indebtedness will be repaid. However, the disadvantages are as many <laughs> as the advantages. For example, one issue with CBA under CAMA 2020 is that for other jurisdictions, there is something known as moratorium, a period where that company is protected from any enforcement from creditors. A creditor can't just go to court and do anything at that point. It's like all your liabilities are frozen. And so you are protected. You can go ahead and plan around your assets. But um, Karma 2020 doesn't have a moratorium provision. So that is a lacuna. And it means that while you are processing your CVA, any creditor can go to court and then do anything. You can get the order of the court, they can um, attach your assets, do anything. So that's something that's not really an advantage. The second thing is that once majority of the creditors have voted at a meeting, whatever the minorities, if so there are some people, the minorities who are not satisfied with the arrangements or the proposals under the CVA, it's binding. Whether or not they like it, they have to continue. So it is a binding procedure on all creditors, even if you don't like what is going on. And another thing is, I think uh, directors under uh, CVA get to get away with a lot. At some point, you managed the business, it ran down, and somehow CVA came to your rescue. There's no accountability. They just proceed with managing the business and they do the same thing. So I think it protects the business, but then the directors get to get away with a lot. Those are the issues under um, this CBA. Absolutely, I agree with you in the sense that Karma doesn't, you know, make a requirement for investigation of conduct of the directors. You know, no inquiries, no panels, no nothing set up. It may come off as let's patch things up and let's clear another path in the bush because that did not work out. So. My last question then, Tolu, is how practical do you think the CVA would be in the Nigerian economy? I think the major issue is the creditors have to agree. <laughs> I mean, you are owing me and then you are telling me you're going to spread it out over a period of time. When I can go to court, get another, get, you know, garnishy, whatever I have, and move on. So I've not seen a room packed with creditors of, you know, different calibers and everybody's agreeing to a plan that allows me to get my money later i'm not sure so that's one challenge i don't know you know to bring everybody to the same table and agree have a majority of the creditor agree to a repayment plan that is not saying let's pay you tomorrow it's kind of difficult then if you'd say that you're protecting the business and the business has to continue to run it depends on 
what the business is. Is it a viable business that will continue to run while you are attending to indebtedness and then it will continue to make profit? It will be a fundamental error to think that the business will continue if if whatever you are doing in the first place is not really something. If it's something that you have to do over a period of time to get profit in, then it might be difficult to say that the company will make profit at some point. And another thing is, I believe that this will work hardship on some of the employees because you know there will be bonuses that will cut down there will be you know different working conditions maybe the company will downsize so as to meet up so repayment is not just something that happens there will be some factors too that will affect the employees and the members of the company and lastly i would say in nigeria <laughs> a lot of issues happen the, the business environment here is unpredictable sometimes for example, this time in Nigeria is really critical. We have government decisions that will just come without taking into consideration some of these businesses. Unforeseen events. For example, we have COVID. Let's say you go into CVA, then COVID happens. How, how do you run such business? Uh, these are the challenges and I think there are other ones, but then these are the ones that come to mind for now. Thank you very much, Tolu. The very practical challenges that you have discussed which i absolutely agree with you i mean i think today's podcast has been very enlightening um we have explored the company's voluntary agreement and its role in insolvency in the context of the company's and allied matters act karma 2020 you know talked about the background to the act the cva what it's about the requirements the procedures the pros and cons and the practicability of the cva tolu thank you very much for your time i am sure that you know if you grabbed a pen and paper at the beginning i'm sure you've written down so many things just from the podcast be sure to share with your friends your colleagues your family members and of course if you want to get in touch or ask a question do follow us on instagram or linkedin at foundation chambers you could also send us a direct email info at foundationchambers.com till we come your way same time next time have a fantastic week thank you for listening to today's episode of fc pod we trust that you learned something got insight into another thing or you loved about a couple of things once again this podcast is brought to you by foundation chambers the preferred provider of legal services in international transportation and energy this podcast is for informational purposes only it should not be considered as legal advice on any subject matter be sure to share the podcast with your colleagues your friends or your family members to get in touch or ask a question follow us on instagram at foundation chambers and send us a direct message you can also reach us via email info at foundationchambers.com. See you same time next time. Have a fantastic month ahead.